Hey guys, welcome back to the Traffic Hacks podcast. Uh, so, uh, a few updates for you. First of all, this isn't going to be another three-minute episode. You already know that because you've probably seen the timestamp. But I just want to say thank you for listening to the last two episodes. I think it was good to have my plan laid out and my goals and just have that out there as well to keep me accountable. So in case in the future i am just lost my direction, I can go back, listen to those two for myself. To be fair, a lot of these episodes at the start are mainly for myself because I doubt a lot of people will listen to them. Maybe in the future if I'm big, people will come back and listen to them and that's fine. I hope they find some value as well. So talking about that, just want to say thank you. If I have gone big and you're coming back, I hope you enjoyed the journey because growing this podcast is going to be a very interesting feat and business model because essentially that's what podcasts are. They are a business model. You know, once you hit a certain amount of downloads, it opens up a lot of avenues for you. You can do affiliates. Well, I could do an affiliate now, but obviously no one's going to buy it because I think I have two listeners at the moment. So that's pretty exciting. <laughs> and I think um, in the next few months, I plan on launching the podcast properly, getting a lot of people on for interviews, getting a lot of shout outs. I've drafted the whole launch campaign and we're actually about to start reaching out to uh, Monday because it's Friday right now. So it'll be pretty exciting to see where everything goes with this podcast and talking about it. I've actually ordered a fair bit of gear that's coming in. So I think I have a proper studio mic coming tomorrow. I've got a lot of the square frames and stuff to help with the audio quality. But hopefully that improves the audio quality as well for the next few episodes. Uh, You know, right now I'm just recording it on my phone, which is fine. I don't think the audio quality is a massive issue as long as I provide some value. But just recording these current ones on my phone because, you know, it's just what I had and it was best. I actually have a really good headset, but the mic on it's pretty crap. So I don't use that, which is kind of sad. It's like a $400 headset. So another thing I want to share today, because I was looking around at a lot of the frameworks and strategies and ideas that I've used for a lot of my client companies' growth and that I've implemented in some of my own uh, hustles and businesses as well. And there was one strategy that kind of really stuck out a lot more than any other strategy with the best results. And one of the biggest issues I see people within the current marketing world is that they think campaigns are just running like a Facebook advertisement or a Google advertisement. I think one thing you really need to know um, is a campaign is not just a paid advertising channel. A campaign is essentially you're building either two campaigns a launch campaign or an evergreen campaign. A launch campaign is when you build up you know, months of anticipation pressure and then right as it hits like right before release, you build up all this anticipation and then you drop it and the, all the pressure gets released essentially through the front end of your sales page. Like imagine how Hollywood releases all of their uh, movies and slash products because products are their movies. What they'll do is like a month out is they'll just send out a teaser. It's, you know, a 20 second long teaser. Look at um, how Amazon Prime is doing Lord of the Rings at the moment. Or what's the, uh, the Ring of Power, I'm pretty sure it's called. I actually don't think that's it either, but you know what I'm talking about. They dropped a teaser about three months ago and it was showing literally nothing. It was just like a voiceover going over a sword, I believe, or going over a forge. And then people went crazy. There was a lot of hype about it. You know, it was trending on YouTube. And it was really nothing but like a 20-second video. 
And then recently they dropped screens, uh, like photographs of the onset, then they released another trailer and they're building up all this anticipation, right? So we're at this point where I don't think it's being released for quite a while, actually. I'll figure out when it's being released right now because this will be important. Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, Rings of Power. Da, da, da. Doesn't have a confirmed release date. Oh, yeah, it does. 2nd of September, which makes complete sense. So what they did about a year before it was coming out was they released that trailer, which is, you know, a few months ago. And that was the trailer of just 30 seconds, literally nothing but a voiceover. I think it was going through Forge or some cracks. Then, you know, they built up all this anticipation, all this hype. A lot of Lord of the Rings influencers and YouTubers, and yes, there actually are Lord of the Rings influencers. I just found out the other day, there's this group called Tolkienians, and they're essentially just people who studied uh, Tolkien's work, and that is pretty awesome. Imagine having that kind of influence, like writing such an awesome sequel of books and building such an awesome universe that a group of scholars and academics have called themselves Tolkienians because of your work. Like, these aren't just um, basic people who are online calling themselves Tolkienians. No, these are guys with, like, PhDs and have helped out a lot and contributed to a lot of movies, and that's pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, look at that. So three months ago, they released this pretty basic uh, trailer out. It brought up a lot of hype. It does have a lot of hype already because it's the most expensive TV show ever made, I believe, anyway. And so they released this trailer, almost nothing in it, brought out a bunch of hype. And then after that, they released uh, like three, four months later, which is about three weeks ago for us, or one month ago uh, for us, they released another trailer. This trailer had a bit more details, it showed a few more things. Guess what happened? All these trailer YouTube channels and all these uh, channels that you, whenever you go stream on Amazon Prime and uh, whenever you go like click onto TV, this was like the number one trailer. It also streamed through the Super Bowl as well, which would give it a massive amount of attention. But essentially what they did is they just built up more pressure. So when they released the trailer originally, it built up all this pressure, died off. They rebuilt it all up. So all this pressure's come back up again and that's dying off, and that's fine, they know that. They're just getting people excited for the show. There's that many YouTube videos out there of people doing like breakdowns, scene by scene breakdowns, and um, breaking down each different section of the, like shot by shot. And you know what was really cool? A lot of them found out clues to like different parts of the universe, so then people who were in the Lord of the Rings world found, like went back and wrote what they think is gonna be onto the show, so it's created all this noise. And not just in the people who, like me, would be interested in watching it because they like Lord of the Rings, but it's created a lot of noise that's reverberated out of these hardcore communities. Like if you go into YouTube and uh, search Nerd of the Rings, he has like three, four hundred thousand views per episode ever since his trailer's dropped because he's aligned himself with the noise of that. So essentially, here's Amazon making up all this noise, and it's how Hollywood produces and releases all of their products. They just create a shit ton of noise, anticipation, pressure, and then it will die down. They'll raise it up again by dropping a trailer, and then it'll die down, and then they might release, you know, some shots of the show or shots of them on set recording, or then actually a few of those shows actually show, like, mistakes and bloopers and stuff like that are, like, behind the scenes to get anticipation back up. But then I could imagine about 
three months, eh? Uh, what month? September the 9th month. So about July, Jane, you'll probably start seeing all the cast come out on their social media, start shouting out the show. And then within two months before it being released, you'll see them start going into talk shows. And then within one month, you'll see them do like a massive tour. Like two months, to between the two months, one month, you'll see them do a massive, massive tour. They'll go on all these shows, they'll go onto YouTube, they'll do the like wired YouTube channels. They'll go and publish themselves as much as they can into every channel possible. And this is just raising that anticipation, that hype and creating all that noise. So just a couple of months before this show is released, they're building up all this pressure and anticipation again. And this is just like when everyone's like keen, like they're just like, yes, drop the product now. I, I want to watch a show. I want to watch the first episode. And then this is when they're going to build up all that pressure, all that noise. And everyone who aligns themselves with that noise, this is what you've got to be watching out for as well, is how they will grow. I can guarantee you the channel Nerd of the Rings is going to hit significant growth during this period. And it's just because they are aligned with Lord of the Rings. So they'll release this, um, all this press, they'll do all these tours, and then basically on release day, where does all that pressure and anticipation go? It goes through the keyhole that is Amazon Prime. So you have all this pressure going straight through this one spot, which is Amazon Prime. And what is key to take a part of this is Hollywood is nailed the art of launching products. And for some weird reason, as marketers, we don't do that. As marketers, and I'm, I'm guilty for it as well, we build the products, spend months building the product because we're like, this is the best product ever because obviously we built it, we love it. And then when we release it, we're like, oh, shit, where's the customers at? Maybe I'll spend some money on Facebook ads and get it going. And that's not the right way to approach. I've started to wake up to this the last few years as well. But you've got to really follow how Hollywood's treating their launches and how they're being able to consistently release success after success as long as it's a good product. I hope you know the difference between Hollywood having a successful launch and not having a successful launch is the product, not the procedure or the system or framework they have to launch a product, which is incredibly powerful. Imagine if you uh, say, uh, I'm kind of into fishing. Say I'm building a fishing business and I get a fishing product. Say I know that I'm going to be releasing in about four to five months from now. What would happen if, A, I started my own show? Because if you'd want to publish your own show, whether it's like blogging, YouTube, podcasting, whatever you want to do. And then to build up anticipation for this product release, I did, all I did was build up my email list, get featured on other people's blogs, shows, and just go to people who have influence in the fishing market and get them to talk about my product as well. Get them to build up influence and get them to bring their traffic over to my product or my waiting list. And then when I launch a product, it's basically guaranteed to be a success. And this is like, yeah, you might look at it and be like, oh, but that's three months away. I don't have that time. I have the product now. If no one knows about your product, just pretend to do another launch. And that will be able to give you the spike and attention that you need as well. You know, it's also awesome about going through and uh, doing exactly what I just said, which is essentially building up the pressure for three, four months, is the relationships you're going to build along the way. So if I was in the fishing business and I went to all the top uh, YouTubers within the fishing market, 
sorry, I thought my phone died. That's exactly why we're moving away from the phone and going to the microphone. So imagine if I was going into the fishing business and I built, I went on all these shows, I talked to all these people, I went on the blogs, YouTubes, whatever, um, got onto all these channels and I was building up all this anticipation. A, it doesn't cost me anything but time because a lot of these people are just looking for content and I have a really cool strategy that you're about to see that you'll see and how you can bring that into the, uh, bring your product into any market and get the experts to talk about it. But um, if you did all this, you're not asking them to promote anything. You're asking them to either a, like test your product, be a prototype and review it, talk about it. You're not saying, hey, here's my thing, go promote it, please. But when they are ready to promote it and it has been your launch day, you'll most likely sell it to your first, wherever you publish, you'll sell it to your email list and to your audience. And that would be enough to give you a blast of success. And then after that, you'll be able to go back to those influencers and go into JV partnerships. Like, hey, I have this product. It's whatever, this fishing lure. I know that my profit's 70% on it. I'm going to give you 35% of the profit for every customer you refer. So you go back to all your channels that you've promotioned on beforehand and they are obviously going to say yes. Some might not say yes because they have scheduling conflicts or they just don't want to do it. But a lot of them will come back and say yes. Not only have you increased your following, but you've increased your sales channels by partnering with these people who have their own followings and own audiences. And they will promote the hell out of it as well because they're pushing that product and making commission for each time it's sold. So it's not just, you know, them going, hey, you should buy this product like a sponsor. Like if you look at any sponsor on YouTube, it's like, hey, you should go buy this product. And then they'll usually have like a blue bar or a green bar or a yellow bar going across the screen. And that's just telling us the audience when to skip to. But if they were getting paid for each sale, then they're not going to do that. They're going to try and get, do everything in their power to actually get you to click down below. I did watch this YouTuber the other day. Uh, it would have been like a month ago now. And I could tell it was an affiliate offer because he's done sponsorships before. But then at the start of his video, he's like, hey, I know you want to watch the video. I really want you to do one thing for me if you like this content. And then as pause, go down, click the button below, and then order this. I guarantee it will change your life. And think it was a salt for cooking. I think it was a shout out for Osmo Salt. And guess what a lot of people would have done? They would have paused, gone down to that link, and click it and go. Because he told them the keyword, which is pause the video, pause what you're doing. That's a slight pattern interrupt. Pause what you're doing, go down below, click on this link and buy it. He's just gone direct to the consumer, uh, to their audience and gone, hey, buy this, do this exact action. But when it's a sponsor, you know, they talk about the product or the mobile app for 30 seconds. And they just go, hey, you can get these useless bonuses that you don't know what a, they do, like a thousand coins. How much is a thousand coins? You don't know. Just download the link below. Like, and then they get back to their content. They don't pattern interrupt you and go, hey, you should definitely do this. Like, I support this that much. But if they're affiliates and they're JVs, they will, especially if you tell them to do that. So just to recap, I know this was probably a show that's all over the road, and that's why I'm also doing these podcasts, so I can figure out how these shows are done better and how I can better transfer these ideas to you. Uh, So just to recap, build pressure for your launch, even if it's three months out, the more successful the launch, the longer it's put out. 
uh, build pressure for the launch, build partnerships to build pressure with the launch. So essentially publish yourself to build pressure, work with JV partners to you know, build up their pressure, get their audience, borrow their audience. And then third, if you can, go to publications like fishing magazines, anything like that. Um, that is kind of harder unless you've already released. Um, but let's just talk about the first two quickly. Uh, so first one, publish, make your own show. Like if I was releasing a product and this show had 10,000 listeners per episode, I could release, a, I could build up a lot of pressure for a product release. Second, JVs, yeah, like the fishing story, if I were to work with all these fishing blogs and YouTubers and get them to like do pre-review, like pre-release reviews of the product, that'll build up pressure and I can go back to them and ask them to help me sell it for percentage of profit and there's a lot of things you do there. I might actually do my next episode on that, if not one of the next few ones on just JVs. And then after you've done this really big release, that's when you should approach publications. Um, I'll also talk a bit about P.T. Barnum because he's done this really well. But essentially, that's what you should do, just to build up the pressure. Once you've built up all this pressure and release, uh, you should try and break a record in some way. Like when I try and launch a podcast, I want to try and do the fastest growing, um, fastest growing marketing podcast without a list. And that's my goal. If I hit that, then that's going to be really easy for me to go to publications. If I don't hit that, well, I'm still going to try my best. But... Yeah, after you've done this release, try and break a record like the world's fastest selling lure in three days. And then if you can break that or you can hit that and you can prove it in some way, then go back to all these magazines, publications, like, hey, look, I've just done this. I've created all this noise. We were just the best selling lure for the last three days. I would love to get featured into your magazine or into your newspaper. And I'd love to do a story on how I did it and why this law is the best and why your audience can benefit for you. And hey, I might even actually give you an affiliate link just so it really depends on how big they are and if you're approaching the editorial or blog. Um, but then give them that story. But a lot of these uh, content and publications are begging for stories. Like if you go into Forbes right now, a lot of their stories are low impact, low value stories. So let's go Forbes.com. Um... So they've got the Senate one. White House says no talks about lifting. Let's go to the marketing section, shall we? Um, I actually do not know how to navigate Forbes other. Okay, yeah. So here, if you go to essentially small business, we'll just do the small business section. They are running out of content. They're literally talking about anything. So they have social media stars, Lauren Gray, pulling up, not sure what her name is, share how to get rich by being real. What does being real mean? Like, you can't get rich just by being real. If I was just being real on this podcast, I'll get rich. But Hillary Clinton advises young businesswoman how to find mentors. Like, a lot of this is very low impact and very low value information. Actually, that article, Hillary Clinton advises young businesswoman how to find mentors, is one paragraph. That is literally not even a joke. Like, I see an ad and then one paragraph. And if you go, the unconventional way to secure a multi-million dollar exit, yeah, that's actually kind of interesting. But then they have Funding Fridays. What pre and post Omicron surveys say? Like, a lot of this is low content, low value to their audience. What do you think would be better if they had a what pre and post Omicron survey say about where small businesses are going 
or how to grow your small business to get past Omicron or to push through this barrier that Omicron has created. Just think about that. How can you create high-value publications for these newspapers and these magazines where they want to print your story? If you just go there and say, hey, I have this product and I want you to promote it, they're not going to do it. But if you go and say, I this product is the best-selling thing for the last three days, I, all these fishermen have been able to do this with it, I would love to get a story about it in your magazine. They'll go, okay, that's actually quite interesting. At least have a look at it. Anyway, like I said, I know this episode was probably a bit more of a ramble. I'm trying to figure out the best way to uh, produce and share this content. And tomorrow, hopefully, the audio... Uh, audio quality is going to step up a fair bit but we'll see but yeah hopefully it goes better and i know this is probably hard to follow but i want to try and be better at conveying this information for you because a lot of these strategies and frameworks will really help your business and potentially change your life all right thanks for listening